Welcome to Talking Jesus with John in a Jetta with Java. It is 1.55 in the afternoon right now and I need my Java pretty bad. I'm glad you're here with me. Today we are going to talk about a parable that is a follow-up from the parable we talked about last week. Last week we talked about the parable of the sower, which was great. Uh, just a lot of good meat in there. Today we're talking about a parable that Jesus told called the wheat and the tares or the wheat and the weeds. So that is what we're going to do. Let me give a quick shout out to my patrons. Thank you for supporting me. If you want to join the ever swelling ranks of my patrons, you can go to patreon.com forward slash John Rallison uh, and uh, you can get my stuff there. I don't, uh, keep in touch with my patrons, but I don't actually give extra special stuff because the idea is that you're helping me to spread whole life teaching based in the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. That's what my Patreon account is about. Helping me in that way to spread whole life teaching based on the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. So now that out of the way, let's get straight into it. The parable of the wheat and the tares. So it goes something like this. Jesus told them another parable, and this is actually right again, as I said before, it's following the parable of the sower. So we're staying in that same vein. And just to sort of uh, keep you in the spirit of the hearer of these parables, uh, they lived in a time when the vast, vast, vast majority of people were farmers. I'm talking 97 people percent, excuse me, 97% of the people were farmers. And uh, so everybody knew about farming. So when Jesus starts telling a farm uh, parable about farming, he's talking about like day-to-day -day life. He's not necessarily picking farming because it's such a holy kind of thing, a holy, metaphor, although it works really well, right? Because it's organic and uh, it's a subtle process and it's a slow process and things like that. So there are a lot of things that make it a much better metaphor, but it's not a holy metaphor. It's just a, like a standard metaphor. Jesus also used things like baking bread and stuff like that. And when he gave us a holy meal, he didn't choose. We think of it now in church bread and wine, ooh, Holy Communion. But bread and wine were the very stuff of everyday meals. And that sounds like a great podcast for another time. Today, we're gonna go with the wheat and tares. So here we go. You're listening to Jesus telling these stories that illustrate spiritual principles. Some people call parables an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And the parable of tares goes like this. He also told them another parable. He said, a rich man planted his farm with seeds. And then when the seeds started growing up, started sprouting, there were weeds growing up with the good seed. And his workers came to him and said, what happened? Didn't you buy good seed? And the owner said, no, an enemy has done this. And so his workers said, do you want us to go up and pull up the, go out and pull up the weeds? And the owner said, no, don't go pull up the weeds because when you pull up the weed, you might uproot the wheat as well. 
So, let me think. This happens when you tell do podcasts while you're driving. So the the farmer, the owner continued and said, "We'll wait till the harvest, and when the harvest comes, first we'll gather the wheat and put it in bushels in the barn, and then we'll gather up." all the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. So that is the parable. Wheat and weeds. Wheat and weeds. So there's obviously some sort of distinguishing thing going on there, right? Wheat and weeds. And Jesus says that this is the way it's going to be. Remember last uh, week, if you were listening, Jesus talked about the seed being the word of God and it's cast in different kinds of soil, right? Different hearts hear it differently. So this week we're getting we're we're giving we're getting a little bit more of the perspective of the farmer and the workers who are looking at the plants instead of the plants themselves. And they notice as they look out onto the field there are wheat, there's wheat out there and there is weeds. So I want to uh, just, there's like three things that this parable tells the workers and by extension tells us about our lives as we go through our lives. And, and this parable along with, uh, well, all the teachings of Jesus uh, change the way we move through life. They change the way we look at other people. They change the way we think about other people and so they really uh, move our lives into a new and better place. So the three things I want to talk about with this uh, parable are that uh, one is the idea of not pulling the weeds, and we're going to spend more time on that in a moment. The second is the idea that uh, there is a sorting coming, and that, you know, I'm not a fan of thinking about that. Uh, and let's let's just pause there for a moment there is a sorting coming okay so we can't get past that but what we're told time and time again is that and this is part of the overall theme of this parable is that figuring out the sorting isn't our job as individuals we need to look at our lives and know that uh, we don't live lives without accountability. Uh, sooner or later, there's a reckoning. And that's the harvest in this parable. And so it, that's just a thing we need to be reminded of, that, that this end of the parable is coming where there will be a harvest. So uh, the third thing is, it's don't pull the weeds, and it is there's a sorting coming. And then, of course, the other... Uh, truth here is that uh, God is going to be the judge, not us. The harvesters are the ones who go out there and uh, differentiate between the wheat and the weeds. So, let's go back to the what I would say is really the meat of this parable. The core thing of this parable is the workers in the field going, hey, do you want us to go out and pull the weeds out? And Jesus, the, the God character, the owner, says don't try and pull the weeds out now because if you do, you might pull the wheat out at the same time. So just let it go and let it grow. Let it go 
and let it grow. And <clears throat> so as we go through our lives, sometimes we can get caught up in trying to judge things. We can get caught up in trying to differentiate between who's on our side and who's not on our side. Who's the good guy and who's the bad guy here? And it's not a new thing in politics. I'm telling you, it's, it, it goes back over a hundred years, easy. In fact, it goes, George Washington, <laughs> this, this is a total aside, but George Washington warned us about forming political parties because he said in the end, the party's interests will take precedence over the interests of the country. So I don't know if that sounds like a, a warning about our contemporary situation to you or not, but people who want power, uh, um, one of the ways they garner power is by creating insiders and outsiders, by creating us and them, by creating friends and enemies, by, uh, by telling us who's the wheat and who's the weeds. And this parable tells us that we shouldn't really be walking through life making it our job to try to find out who's the good guy and who's the bad guy and get rid of the bad guy. That would be pulling up the wheat, pulling up the weeds while the wheat is growing next to it. So the first thing I was thinking is that uh, I need a little more coffee. The next thing I was thinking is now, obviously, they can tell the difference between wheat and weeds because it's the workers who went out there and saw weeds growing with the wheat. I, for one, am not a farmer, and I can't even tell the difference. When little, obviously, you know, when something starts to get bigger, I can tell whether it's lettuce or a tomato or, a, you know, dandelion. But when it first pokes its little head out, I, I can't tell. It's just a little shoot growing out of the ground, right? So, for me, when I read this parable, because it's not my job to sort out and get rid of the weeds, it's not my job to look at people and sort out the good from the bad, to, to get rid of the bad and uproot them or whatever, then it's not worth my time to try to figure out. I might be able to cultivate a more discerning way of looking at people or whatever, but if it's not my job to create the us and them anyways, why should I spend any time doing that? So you, you can't... Furthermore, actually, I'll say that. Furthermore, and this may surprise you, people are more complicated than commodity crops. I'll say it again, and I will assert it very strongly. People are more complicated than commodity crops. People change. People grow. So you, even if you think you can tell the difference between the wheat and the weeds in your life, the wheat and the weeds around you, you don't know for sure who's got what going on. You don't know the inner life of the people around you. And sometimes, people act a way that looks very weed-ish when in reality they're just broken and hurting. You've heard this before probably. Hurting people hurt people. Hurting people hurt people. 
That's one way to say it. Another way to, to, to look at it is, and not that we don't need protection from bullies, but a lot of times bullies are bullying because they are trying to find some sense of power and control in a life where they have none. Or they're trying to, to mask uh, the pain that they live with from uh, somebody else treating them that way. And so when we look at people, the clear teaching from this parable is we're not supposed to be looking at them and trying to figure out who's the wheat and who's the weeds. Uh, and it's because you can't tell the difference. You can't read their inner life. Uh, the second thing Jesus also says, the owner says in the parable, is you might pull the wheat up with the weeds. So if you go around trying to, to differentiate between wheat and weeds in your life and you want to get rid of all the, the weeds, or you're going to end up getting rid of people who could have been great for you. And let's be honest, sometimes when you are looking at someone and you're thinking they're a weed, it's because, and I have to be frank with you here, it's because they're being more honest with you than some other people, perhaps. Perhaps they are the ones who are willing to tell you things. Perhaps they are the ones who are less codependent on your feelings and your happiness. There's a lot of things that are inside of you that could be a filter you're looking through that make others who are in fact wheat in your life look like weeds at any given moment. And so again, we run into the same problem, differentiating between wheat and weeds and uprooting the wheat as we try to get rid of the weeds. So this parable, I have to, again, I have to stop and think. This is where someone who's more savvy, instead of saying I have to stop and think, would stop and take a drink of coffee. And use that as a prop to, to pretend like, oh, I'm just taking a cup of coffee instead of trying to figure out what to say next. So we got the wheat and the weeds. There's going to be a sorting at the end, whatever that looks like. Jesus makes it clear it's not our job to decide who is who and what is what. And I'm telling you the reason is that unlike wheat and weeds, you can't even tell. Furthermore, sometimes people act like weeds and sometimes people act like wheat. Furthermore, people change and grow when you treat them with grace and speak to them with truth. That's what Paul said. He said, speaking the truth in love, we grow up into Christ. That's the, the, the religion, of course, Paul is writing about in the New Testament is for followers of Christ. But that truth, that, that idea of the way we grow is there for everybody. Speaking the truth in love. We need the truth because it's too easy to like walk around deluding ourselves. Uh, but we need it spoken to us in love, which includes like space to grow, uh, time for things to sink in, stuff like that. That all is part of people's growth. And so if you're trying to pull up the weeds instead of being a person 
who moves through your life speaking the truth in love, I'm going to tell you the truth. You are going to miss out on what could be some of the best relationships in your life if you're trying to filter your relationships instead of bring grace and truth into the lives of everybody around you. And I even think that about toxic people. You know, I don't even like the word toxic people. Um, I know people who think that other people are toxic people. But as I talked about before, depending on what's going on inside of us, in our heads and in our hearts, uh, and whether or not we're open to other people's uh, influence on us, uh, we're going to see some people who are very definitely speaking the truth in love to us, to the best of their ability. We're going to see them as weeds. We're going to see them as toxic people. And again, this parable says don't try and sort people out like that. It's just, that's not the way people are. It's not the way people are. Don't try to sort them out. Uh, the person you see as a weed might actually be wheat, or they might actually be very weedy at the moment, but by bringing uh, grace and truth into their life, you, as a follower of uh, the ways of God, trying to bring redemption into the world, in my particular uh, worldview, that would be as a follower of Jesus Christ, you can actually be the person or, or part of the environment that moves them away from weediness toward weediness. You're bringing redemption into their life, the redemption of grace and truth changes them and then they move more toward weediness toward bringing grace and truth into other people's lives isn't that wonderful and then all of a sudden the grace and truth that you brought into their life it's like a seed see how i did that it's like a seed and that begins to bear fruit which is from last sunday's parable of the sower 30 60 100 fold see it all comes together it just all comes together this way it's so beautiful jesus is an amazing teacher by the way so let me tell you, let me tell you, give me, uh, I'll just give you some quick uh, thoughts on how to look at other people. And, and this is probably especially the other people that seem like weeds right now, because, you know, you don't need to be told how to treat people who are being nice to you and who are being kind to you and all that stuff, right? Everybody, pretty much most of us uh, love people who love us. That's what Jesus said. If you, if you love those who love you, big deal. I mean, who can? That's what everybody does. Uh, if, you're, if you are nice to people who are nice to you, big deal. That's what everybody does. So uh, let me just uh, close up our time together here with these three things. The first is to see, as a Christian, one of the things that, that I do is I try to move through life like Jesus would move through life if he were in my body. Because we're, Christians are told that... that God lives inside of us and that he makes our home in us. And so when we say move through our lives like Jesus would if he was like if he was wearing a John suit, if he's like masquerading as John, only he's like being Jesus in John's body, that's that's really how we should be moving through life. Uh, and and so if you can see other people through Jesus eyes, it will build a sense of compassion for people because the, 
because people who are acting weed-ish, who are acting like something that needs to be pulled up and thrown away, there are reasons they are acting that way. And oftentimes, what they need from us is compassion and kindness and caring. Now, when you do that, you have to know that you're there as the giver because in any particular situation, they're not necessarily going to reciprocate. And you know that as well as I do in any given time, but you'll be planting seeds anyways when you treat weedish people with kindness and compassion. And you're gonna sleep, this is just a totally selfish side thing. You're gonna sleep better. You're gonna sleep better knowing that you were a redemptive force that day in the world. You brought grace and truth into all your relationships with people. And even if they didn't respond, their response is not your responsibility, but your behavior is, right? The words you speak are always your responsibility. The actions you choose are always your responsibility. So when you choose redemptive words and redemptive actions, even in the face of very, very, very weedish people, you are doing yourself a kindness as well because you will sleep better at night knowing that you were part of the redemption and healing of the world instead of furthering division uh, and this type of thing. So see the weeds through the eyes of uh, one who desires the world to be redeemed. And for the Christian, that's Jesus Christ. Uh, and you know, if you can imagine their condition, I, I, I don't know about you, but uh, I've had some bad moods in my life and some times of stress in my life. And uh, certainly this year, uh, being like between work, <laughs> I've had some times of stress and some less than wonderful moods. And it really sucks to be in a bad mood. It really sucks to, to be in that place. You, you're like, you know, the, the people around the person who's being ornery uh, can sometimes feel ornery back. Of course, that's very natural. But if you can move, it's kind of begin to see those people who are being wheat-ish as in need of something besides <laughs> <don't, laughs> in need of something besides a slap in the face or whatever it is you might think they need. If you can move past their orneriness or their cantankerousness or their the way they grate on you or something to see them as people with need. If you can have empathy for their condition. This is what I tried to get at. When I'm in a bad mood, it sucks for me. It's not fun. I'm not having any fun at all. When I'm in a bad mood, I am in internal pain. And uh, so if I can see other people, and maybe I'm just, you know, you could comment on this podcast and tell me I'm full of it. But if I can see other people as that when they're like not nice to be around, as that being a function and a result of the pain they're in, then I can look at them with compassion and uh, see that I have an opportunity to be a redemptive presence in their life. And that's kind of the third, the third, the last thing is that, is that when we 
are willing to be self-reflective enough and self-aware enough to see that sometimes you and I are weeds and thank God we don't get uprooted then we can be kinder to people in their weediness as well. So that's kind of it. That's, I think, uh, we'll we'll call it there. And I'm going to, uh, let's see. Yeah, I can head home. This I think this has been a little bit of a shorter episode. I don't, I didn't really keep track of the time. So the parable of the wheat and the tares is basically this. As you move through life, it's, it's very much like much of what Jesus said, because if you boil everything Jesus said, it comes down to precious few simple principles. And one of them is to move through life without judging other people. Does that sound familiar to you? Jesus also th- said things like, judge not, lest you be judged. With the measure you use toward others, it will be measured to you. Now, uh, that's a whole other podcast too, but there's a relational principle. That's not just like the end of times judgment thing or whatever. There's a relational principle there. The way you treat other people comes back to you, right? I mean, immediately smile and people smile back at you. Be all grumpy and you're going to find people grumpy. Okay. I got off track again. Goes with driving while I'm talking. So the main principle of this parable is that it's not our job to walk around through our life labeling people wheat or weeds, good guys or bad guys, enemy or friend, my kind of person, not my kind of person. The teaching of Jesus is to move through life with love. That doesn't mean you're, uh, you don't, it, Paul summed it up again nicely, speak the truth in love. You're desiring the very best for people. Jesus got hot under the collar sometimes and said some very serious things. And he was very angry at some people at different times. But even in his anger, it was always because he cared for them. Have you ever been angry? Okay, this is an aside, but since I already started, I have to finish it. And then we're going to close off. Have you ever been angry with a child because they ran into the street? Yes, of course. If children run into the street without looking, you are angry at them. Why? It's because, and keep this in mind forever, anger is a secondary emotion. Anger is like the flashing light that goes off when something else has gone wrong. You know, like uh, a fire alarm. A fire alarm isn't a problem. The problem is actually the fire. The fire alarm is the secondary thing that goes off because of the fire. And so anger is like that. It's a secondary emotion. Anger arises inside of us typically because of hurt or fear or frustration. And I'll only give you one guess which one of those applies to getting angry at a child who runs in the street without looking. Yes, fear. You are, at least I am, I'm like, you know, the most horrible thing I can think of flashes before my eyes, right? And, uh, and I want to make sure I say that with compassion and not lightness because I do know people who've lost children and they have had the most horrible thing happen to them. So, my point was that going through life without exercising judgment on people does not mean 
going through life like a wet wash rag or a doormat. It means being as loving as you can appropriately and as truthful as you can, as people can receive from you in every situation. And that might include a bit of forceful speech and things like that. I'm going to call it. I'm just going to say we're done for today. I'm going to tell you thank you for listening to me. If you made it this far, really appreciate the opportunity to be with you, to do what I do, which is bring whole life teaching to other people based on the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. Because let me tell you something. If everybody not if everybody actually followed Jesus, this world would be heaven on earth. It would. I'm just saying. Not all the other things that have built up over the years and centuries and millennia even. Not all the other stuff. If everybody actually just followed Jesus, this world, this life would be magnificent. Simply magnificent. And so that's what I do. I bring whole life teaching into the world based on the life and teachings of Jesus. And again, I have some uh, patrons who help to support that, and I'd sure love for you to join our patronage team. You can go to patreon.com forward slash John Rallison if you want to do that. Certainly, you can find me on YouTube and Facebook, uh, johnrallison.com. You can click on blog or podcast up there in the upper right-hand corner there. And uh, be sure uh, to subscribe using whatever podcast or YouTube thing you use and I also want to encourage you if you found this helpful which I'm thinking you have if you are still listening now I want to encourage you to like and share this and do whatever else it is with things you like on your uh, favorite social media platforms and with that I think I'm gonna push the stop button God bless you with uh, people in your life that are gracious and truthful to you whether you're acting like a wheat or a weed. And God bless you that you can grow in being gracious and truthful in the lives of those around you. Take care. Bye for now.